Hello and welcome to this game where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Hello, everyone. Hope you're okay. Mmm. I chose that moment to have a drink. I'm an idiot. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Yep. Good. We're, in, we're in the room again? We're in the room. In a room. Yep. The room. The room. Not telling people what the room is. No. That's fair. Yeah. It's room from the film Room. That's where we are. Oh, that's dark. It is, That's it? really dark. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> oh. It was only a room I could think of from a film. Oh man, there's so many rooms. There's like the dining room, the living room, the bathroom, the kitchen. And you've gone for the room where a man locks someone up with yeah. a kid. The room from the film Room. Bad times. Not really. Um, it's totally out of out of where we're heading as well. Like it's that that tone, that theme is not going to crop up here at all. Okay, good. I mean, that's quite good, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's move into that then, okay. so, to get out of this mire. Um, this week, we are going to be playing this game where a little fella is tasked with rolling up the entire contents of planets to replace stars lost from the sky. A little fella? A little fella. Well, it's Katamari, isn't it? It's Katamari. Oh. What, which Katamari? They're all the same, aren't they? No, they're not, oh. no. This is Wheel of Katamari. Right. So Wheel of Katamari, you and I have talked about it within the last two hours. Yeah. And the reason we've talked about it is because we've recorded today an episode on Chibi Robo, which was released in 2005. This game, also published by Bandai, or Bandai Namco, or Bandai, or, or Namco. Can't remember which one. One of them. Um, this was definitely published by Namco. It was published in 2005. The art styles between Chibi Robo and Katamari Damacy they feel quite linked, and I don't really know why I feel that way, but I think that they, they to me, they feel very, very similar. They also both start in a living room. Okay. So each of the each of the games starts in a living room, and they have th- another thing in common, which I think we talked about off mic, but um, not not on mic, where they are about diminutive characters who are in an oversized world and that's the thing that i quite enjoy mm-hmm. is honey i shrunk the kids the game yeah i kind of enjoy honey i shrunk the kids the game what's like your old um what's that one that you'd like in the garden which one's that the one with the garden it's the two of you together it takes two it takes two that's the yeah exactly thing, isn't it? exactly that yeah so there's also grounded Gr- which yes. is on xbox game pass if you've not played that you should it, that is definitely honey i shrunk the kids the game so yeah it's a thing that i like Another one of those things that I didn't know I liked ex- until the podcast happened. Being small in a big place. Yeah. Or being small in, in a normal place. Being being undersized in a normal surrounding, yeah. Mm. So, like, it it completely changes, it skews the way you feel about a space that you mm. feel familiar with. So, in Chibi Robo, and actually what we'll find hopefully in Katamari Damacy, or sorry, Wheel of Katamari, what you'll find is that you, being able to walk under a towering table redefines the table redefines the space of the yeah. table for you and the, the the whole living room takes on an entirely new feeling i used to like in micro machines i used to like that sensation exactly. in, in that actually thinking yeah. about it so it's a yeah. strange one yeah yeah so that's one of the things that i like about both of those games hmm. um katamari damasi and wheel of katamari they they are the same concept they're not the same game they, they're very similar. I'm not going to deny that. But actually, Katamari Damacy released in 2004, and it only released in North America and Japan. Didn't ever oh. come to Europe. We never had it. And I remember... We weren't good enough. We weren't good enough. We, we weren't deserving enough. Um, I remember 
being because I was very into GameSpot. I don't know if you were at the time. Two thousand five, two thousand and four. Well, sort of two thousand and one to two thousand and five ish. I used to uh, I used to IGN every day. That was that was my big one. And yeah. then I moved on to Kotaku, and I've moved off Kotaku in recent years onto other ones. But it's it's funny, isn't it, how you have those websites that you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check this every single day, and then you move off it. It's also funny how everybody of a certain age has taken a similar path, because I was GameSpot and IGN. Yeah. I definitely started on GameSpot, and that was my news source for a long time. And then IGN came into the room, and then it they were both superseded by Kotaku, and Kotaku then has sort of... Um, I, I actually do check Kotaku every weekday still. Yeah, I do as well. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, I don't feel like it's the best source anymore. I check it, but I don't necessarily read anything very much. No, very that's regularly. true, actually. Yeah, whereas I used to read a heck of a lot mm. of stuff on that. I actually used to read the articles, whereas now, yeah, I'm kind of just rooting through to see what's been announced or what, what's going on. Hunting for truffles. Getting an overview. I don't really have a better source, though. I don't have... I don't have a place that I go anymore. I think you've moved towards Eurogamer. I use Eurogamer, yeah. Yeah, I kind of dip into Eurogamer, but I don't like the way that it lay, it's laid out. I don't like its user interface. Yeah, and they push you towards the uh, the premium yeah. use as well, which I'm not so keen on. Rock, paper, shotgun as well. I think I used to like rock, paper, shotgun quite a lot. It's very PC-orientated, or in fact, it's exclusively PC-orientated. Um, but over the course of the last few years, that's gone a bit of a... a a bit to the wayside as well. Mm. Haven't got an adequate re- uh, replacement for Kotaku or anything. But yeah, in 2004-ish and and the years behind that and after that, um, pre, pre and post 2004-ish, I was definitely GameSpot. Yeah. GameSpot was the the place that I went. I was in the forums. I was typing uh, things, having arguments about that guy. about punctuation with people. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I, remember, I remember very distinctly having a, a conversation with someone who was moaning about somebody's the way that somebody used a word and it it was well, i can't remember what word but it was completely fine the way that they used it and i had a had a a long argument too long uh to try and tell to say to them language evolves <laughs> language changes words can be used for multiple purposes sorry that you are offended by this person's use um it, it didn't it didn't it didn't work out. They didn't. They weren't convinced. And the revelation is that was me all that along. That was you all along. Of course. I remember us talking about that after. No. Um, no, it wasn't. Imagine if it was, though. Oh, yeah. I That would have been good. I mean, bad. I mean, awful. I don't know what it would have been. Point is, we were on Qatar. We were on GameSpot. <laughs> and I remember when Katamari Damacy came out, lusting after it and going to the page on GameSpot for Katamari Damacy and knowing that I'd never get to play it because it didn't come out here, it wasn't mm-hmm. going to come out here, and I had no notion of how you might go about playing a North American or Japanese-only game. So, when Wheel of Katamari came onto the scene, I was absolutely over the moon, because that was... Looking, in the mouth. Genuinely, yeah, really, really, really excited. I, at, by then, at that point, so I was, what, in 2005, I was... Uh, how old was I? 17. In fact, I know I was 17 because that plays into the story. Um, in 2005, I was 17. And at that point, I was sort of branching out into slightly more esoteric grounds when it came to games. So I I'd, I'd I'd trod the mainstream path for 12 odd years, maybe more. 
14 odd years since I was about three or four mm-hmm. playing games, whatever got in front of me, I would play. Um, and by the time I was 17, I had my own job and I was earning my own money so I could go out and I could buy whatever I wanted. Yeah. And that opens up all sorts of doors. So I was really, sort I was really plumbing the depths of what was available. And certainly wheel of Katamari wasn't something that was on the uh, radar for anybody else around me. Like I didn't really, my friends wouldn't have, thought <laughs> twice or, or even once about buying Wheel of Katamari or anything like it. So Where'd you get it from then? I got it off Amazon. It was one of the right. first, or oh, Play, one of the two, but oh, I got it for play. my birthday. What a website. So I got it for my 18th birthday. Right. Um, and it, it was very, I remember playing it with my cousin who's nine months younger than me um, and him being a little bit nonplussed to buy it. Um, and me being like, this is the best thing ever. Um, which was an interesting one. And it also... Um, on my 18th birthday, I did the traditional 18th birthday thing for the time, which was to go out and be a lad. Yeah. In town. Yeah. Yeah, with my friends. Be a lad and then play Katamari. Get smashed. Get, you know, into a, a state not fit for a human being. Yeah. Go and st- spend the next day in bed. And I did a lot of preparation for that. I went out and bought five five DVDs from HMV <laughs> for £30. And I also had this game and I also had a few other bits and bobs that will see me through that next day with the with the terrible hangover incidentally the only film i remember out of those five what it is is the spongebob squarepants movie jesus christ oh you know gotta gotta live the life yeah (laughs) but wheel of katamari was in amongst that whole thing and i was also sort of on the cusp of moving away to university so um it, it stands quite tall in my memory as a game for me that uh, was was like a it's a symbol of my moving forwards. Putting away your sense? childish things. Not as, even as that because this is very wants. childish thing, and that's it's one of the things that I like about it. Um, similar game I have, but for finding me, myself is yeah, finding yeah is um, similar game I had is Gregory Horror Show. You ever heard of this? No, it's a PlayStation Two game set in a hotel and all the characters they're all quite cutesy a bit like Katamari and, and similar kind of games they've all their heads are all cubes and little bodies but it's like a like a horror game so like they'll you might be looking through the a, a keyhole at a character and they might notice you and turn around and they'll chase you down the corridor with a knife and try and stab Jesus. you or something and it's, it's this whole cutesy cartoony presentation as well I got I played it for quite a few hours and then kind of got over it which we've talked about well, the two of us talked about recently. I don't know what all of these episodes will come out in. We've talked about with Cheapy Robo. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Gregor Horror Show was was one of those as well. Yeah. But it's a similar sort of thing, like you've said, like something that I didn't know anyone that was talking about Gregory Horror Show. I don't didn't know anyone that even knew about Gregory Horror Show. Yeah, there were a couple of games. Well, there were a few. There were several. <laughs> there are several games that sort of filled that remit for me around that time. And I think it is this notion of of sort of figuring out what I actually like yes, and, and doing that out away from the uh, the exposure to the other people around me that and, and the things that they like. Because when I used to go to my friend's house, we'd play, largely we'd play Halo. And um, that wasn't, I knew that that wasn't my thing, but I knew also that I wanted to do it because I was doing it with people that I liked. And that makes, that that's, that, that, that matters, that like, that does matter. Um, but equally, when I'm on my own, I don't want to just replicate everything that yeah. everybody else is doing or that or that I do with my friends. I want to be able to do the things that I actually want to do. And I think 
Katamari, Wheel of Katamari was or is emblematic of me figuring out, well, yes, actually, I have quite different tastes to the ones that I've been um, exposed mm-hmm. to via my friends. And one of these things we talked about before as well is the idea of, you know, that that's okay, then having having the stones to, to sort of say, I like this kind of game, rather than trying to hide it or, or yeah. be a bit um, self-aware and a bit ashamed of it, just being like, yeah, this is what I like. Yeah, I mean, also you can you can maybe chart this as, as maybe the beginning of uh, growing apart from my friend. That's that particular group of friends as well, which is a bit of a sad moment, <laughs> I guess, for me. But um, I, I think a lot of people have gone through that you maybe could put that down. This, this is definitely a touchstone for that happening, although they maybe weren't aware that Ki- Katamari Damacy was <laughs> emblematic of that. Um, and neither was I until right now. Going to do a little cry now and I'll be back. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of where this sits for me, this game, yeah. and, and maybe explains why I'm so uh, taken mm. by it, maybe why I'm so attached to it. Um, so we said it came out in 2005. What console mm. and, and maybe talk about the gameplay for anyone that's not familiar because it's very unique, isn't it? Yeah. Um, idiosyncratic. That's a lovely word. Uh, describe it. So it came out in 2005 on the PlayStation 2. I think it was a PlayStation 2 exclusive. It didn't actually branch out until the Xbox 360. I remember buying later, I remember buying the Xbox 360 uh, version of Katamari Damacy. And the thing that you said earlier about, oh, they're all about the same. I think you can start talking in those terms basically after this game comes okay. out. Because they are just then re rehashing what has come before. And not to not to any major not to any great extent either. Like it's not they never really blew my socks off after playing me at Wheel of Katamari. Um one of the reasons for that might be that um the designer of the original game, Katamari Damasi, Kita Takahashi, um, he actually he has a I think an ethical stance against against sequels. All right. Like he he was adamant before this is one of the first games that he made, Katamari Damasi. Um he was adamant before this came out that he absolutely was not going to make a sequel to Katamari Damasi. All right. And it happened. And the reason it happened is because Nan- Namco forced the situation. Right. They they asked him if he would make a sequel. And he said, no, categorically, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And they said, okay, we will. Uh, yeah. So that's not great. And he said, oh, Christ, fine. If you're going to do it anyway, I'm going to have to be involved. And I'm going to try and do it the right way. Which um, is very noble. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do that with the co- with the ah. following sequels. He just had to sort of leave it. To, and I don't blame him really because they were they've really milked this. <laughs> they've really milked this series. They've they've brought it out in several versions, and they haven't really tried to build on what they've had. They've just recreated, which is one of the problems that yeah. I think the series has um, going forward. But Kita Takashi came back. He made this sequel. the The sequel is based around the the. Um, the notion of fan service, which maybe sounds strange, but the whole game is the quests that you get and the stages that you take part in. They are requests from fans of Katamari. <laughs> a meta. Yeah, it's not, and they're not real requests from yes. fans that have written to him. They are in-game fans of Katamari who maybe played the first game or became, or not played the first game, but became aware of the prince wow. and cat the, the the thing that is a Katamari because of the events of the first game in the in the first game you're build you're creating planets 
that have been lost from the sky. Right. In the second game, you're creating stars that have been lost from the sky. So it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the set, the first game was because of the king, the the king of all cosmos, prince's dad. Um, I think he was like drunk or something, and he got rid of the planets by accident. Actually, so you have to go and rebuild them. We've all been um, there. I can't remember how the stars get lost, but certainly the impetus for each new star that you make is this request from a fan. And how do you rebuild the stars? You roll up a, a big ball of stuff. Yep, starts off in they said start off little, mm. you know, in a room. And is it by the end of the game you you're rolling at big things, or do you start off small and end up big within one stage? Well, a good question. Um, so a katamari. What is a katamari? It is a little colourful ball, and there are all sorts of different colours, and usually they have little knobbly bobbly bits on the outside as well. When I saw them for the first time, I don't know if you ever had one, but there was this thing, a '90s toy battery operated and it was a ball that when you flicked a switch it just rumbled and vibrated and jiggled around yeah my brother had one of those i completely forgot about that well that is to me what katamari instantly i was like i had one of those (laughs) um and yeah so katamaris look like those for anyone that does remember those and if you don't google jiggly ball no don't google no 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 no, no. sorry (laughs) i i say things and then i remember i i think about them after um don't Google Jigglyball, but do maybe ask someone that was around in the 90s what that might have been. Um, yeah, so they reminded me of those. They are that. They're about hand-sized, I would say, ball um, that that is very, very sticky. And yep. if you roll it in, into anything in the game, that thing will generally stick to it as long as it's smaller than the ball or equal to. Yeah, you can sometimes get away with, to, with equal to the size of the ball. And over the course of rolling multiple things up, you will grow the ball to a, to a larger and larger size. And as you get larger, the things that you can roll up are larger. Yep. So if you have a four centimeter ball, you might be able to roll up pencils. You might be able to roll up erasers and you might be able to roll up um, ants. But if you've got a four meter ball, you might actually be able to roll up people and surfboards. And at some point, once it gets big enough, you'll be able to roll up cars and then after you've rolled up enough cars, you might be able to roll up sections of road and trees. And then when you've rolled up enough of those, you might be able to roll up whole buildings. And once you've rolled up enough buildings, you might be able to roll up islands and kaiju. And just it, it that's how the game progresses. The game takes you from very, very minuscule, tiny, tiny thing that can roll under a, a coffee table to being a very, 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 very large thing that can roll up an entire solar system. And that is the progression of the game, yeah. actually. In in Wheel of Katamari, the first stage, it takes place in a living room. And the last stage takes place in space. And you roll up the planets. <laughs> and the stars, the the, sol- the the stars that you've created, you roll those up. So the, the planets from the first game and the stars from this game as well, they, they get rolled up together at the end of the second game. Yeah. Right. Which is brilliant. Yeah. The only thing that I wish it did, and the reason that I bought the xbox 360 game the only reason that i bought that really is because it it sold me on a promise that i'd hoped would be in the end a part of wheel of katamari which is that you would be able to start off as a four centimeter ball and without any kind of loading screen or or separation end up rolling around the solar system in one go I wanted to be able to go from teeny tiny four centimetre ball to massive, completely 
larger than you can possibly imagine solar system eating yeah. uh, void ball. Um, and it didn't do that, Wheel oh. of Katamari, but it, it took you on that process. It took you on that journey, but it didn't do it in a seamless way. The Xbox 360 game promised to do that, and I would argue that it maybe didn't deliver on the promise. But there we go. Oh. That it, it is what it is. Um, regardless, it's brilliant. And, and, and I think the main reason it's brilliant is because they're because of what I've just described, like this notion of growing this ball, it, it's a, a word that you like to use. And I don't think we ever really use it in the right way, but it feels quite, can you guess the word? Effective? No, oh. zen. Zen. It feels kind of zen. Like it feels, it's a bit mindless in the same way that maybe I keep using this as a touchstone as well. Power wash simulator mm -hmm. is. It feels like it, it should be mindless, but there's also a, a degree of, tactics and strategy to the to the things that you tackle mm. and actually there's a degree of skill um once you sort of start to figure out what can be rolled up at what size you start to be able to navigate these stages in a way that is skillful at first you might be bumbling around thinking well i can roll up a mouse now and then the mouse knocks you hell for leather and you lose a bunch of pencils and rubbers that you've rolled up but by the time you've played a few hours of this game you will be a, you will have the skill to know I can't tackle that but if I go and pick up 15 more something or cherries yeah I can I can take out that rat rat okay um and I don't know if that's something that people necessarily would give it credit for either uh, the other thing so this is that's one side of what I think makes this a, a great sell the other thing that makes it a great sell is the soundtrack the soundtrack is completely kooky and offbeat like it's ridiculous. The whole the whole game story, the characters, everything about it is is a little bit kooky and offbeat. The soundtrack really sells you on that. Like it really goes hard for that, and it is perfectly pitched in that way. So yeah, cool. Katamari Damacy or Wheel of Katamari. Let's go, Ross and Balls. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate phrasing. Katamari. Do we love Katamari? We tolerate Katamari. Oh, really? Yeah. Nah, it's, well, it's fine. Okay. Continue. Yeah. I think it's one of these games where I found the controls a little bit difficult to understand. And if I had more time to get to grips with it, I think I would be a lot more adept at it. It was interesting struggling with the level and then passing the control to you and seeing you whiz through it in comparison to me fumbling my way through but i think that's as i said you being a lot more used to the controls and how to how to control the prints how to control the the catamari itself something that i was struggling to do a bit myself yeah i don't know how to fill in for that either and i think that's one of the things that we struggle with in general like sometimes games just need time yes and sometimes we can't give them the time that they need so that familiarization process that takes some hours of of struggle well, not even struggle, just like getting used to it, feeling a little bit alien to it, and then gradually um, becoming one with the Katamari. That's just a thing. That's part of the game. Yeah. We've we've talked about it with older games in a more obvious way. 
So if you think way back to Gremlins, when we did Gremlins on the NES, one of the things that we sort of considered was actually that the game might only be a 30 minute game start to finish if you know, if you've got complete mastery of it. Yeah. But actually part of that game, part of the design process was how do we challenge the user in such mm. a way that they have to figure out how to engage with this stage or, or this part of this stage. And the game itself is the process of learning how to get to the point where you can do that game in half an hour yep. or even just to get from start to finish in the first place. So this is a different version of it. This is this is that it's got some idiosyncratic controls and you, as part of your um, induction process for the game, you have to get used to what they are. They are, to me... You know, like we've talked about tank controls. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like controlling a tank. Um, but also, I, I tried to say to you before the game started, I was showing you the controller and I said, this is your left hand, this is your right hand, and you need to think about how you would use your hands to manipulate that ball. Yeah. Um, and it's bigger than you as well. So think Zorbing or think Gladiators or something. I don't know. Um, so I was trying to do, I was trying to sort of give you a, a quick leg up and then the game did the exact same thing yeah. like i didn't realize that that was the language that the game used i'd forgotten about that but it talks about the left stick is your left hand the right stick is your right hand you have to do this to make it go to the left and this to go to the right and so on i didn't realize the game did that but it's exactly the way i think of it it's the the way that hand has to be used yeah. to manipulate that ball make it do what you want I think the way the sticks do that, I think, is is very well done. And interestingly, I didn't say in the first half, I had I got the demo for... Which game is it that came out on the Switch? Well, they're both actually on the Switch. I was going to tell you about oh, okay. that later. But the first game, Katamari Damacy, that did come out a couple of years ago as Katamari Damacy Reroll. And then Wheel of Katamari released... I think it shadow dropped with a direct this year. So the game that we've just played, that has shadow dropped onto the Switch this year. Right. So it'd be the, the other one, the original Katamari yeah. Damacy. I had that on the Switch, well, the demo on the Switch, and tried it. Really did not get on with it at all. Whereas I feel a lot more positively about this one than mm. I do about Katamari Damacy. But then we talked about with the fact this is the analog sticks using the PlayStation 2 controller. Is that maybe because the sticks are next to each other as opposed to on the Switch being slightly apart and also physically apart with the two halves of the Joy-Cons? Well, is that part of it as well? I, I genuinely think there could be something to it. Not everything to it, but the the fact that it is your hands that you're, that you're controlling when you move those sticks. To have your hands, certainly for you or I anyway, um, to have your hands in an asymmetric position kind of doesn't feel it to me it doesn't feel like that's the way that the game's gonna translate the no. best whereas the way that the PlayStation controller has them next to each other and and symmetrical that makes a lot more sense to me and I think it was one of the things that helped me or or hindered me um, caused me to bounce off the Xbox 360 version because that has an mm. asymmetric control pad as well. So I think there's something to that, but it's also probably COD science of some fashion or another. Possibly. Possibly. I, I do like with the game, I like how there's different gameplay styles within it. It's not that every level you have to just get the biggest ball. It might be you've got to get the most items. It might be you've got to do the biggest ball, but there's a, a tighter time limit. I like the fact that it's it's the, certain levels we've we played today. There's lots of variety within that. Yeah, and that runs all the way through the game from the start to the finish. I think that the um, 
the first few levels do a really good job. And I'd forgotten that they did this. They do a really good job of um, of making it clear that that's kind of how it's going to be and that you are going to get this variety in amongst the tradition, the, the general gameplay of rolling a ball up. So one of the, a couple of the stages that I remember doing, one was where you had to make a hot Katamari. <laughs> so you, you went round a cat and it was set in a campsite, like with uh, scouts and cubs right. and whatever. Um, you would roll your Katamari around and you would see things that are hot, like chili peppers, they would count, or campfires, they would count, or um, marshmallows that have been roasted on the fire, they would count. Whereas if you accidentally rolled into the lake, you would put your Katamari out and you'd immediately fail the, End of the stage. On the other side of things, you had the complete polar opposite of that, literally polar, um, because you were rolling up the head of a snowman. So at the beginning of the stage, it would show you the body of the snowman in the middle of the stage at the top of a hill. And then you would be tasked with making the head to the right proportion for the body of the snowman. And you might try and push it a little bit, but if you got it too big, you would get told off by your dad, the king of all cosmos. That was literally just, it is rolling a, a snowball up it. You don't yeah. have to roll people into it if you don't want to. You just roll it through the snow and it will gain size as as is tradition. As um, is tradition, yeah. The game is littered throughout with all of these different uh, challenges. The things that I like doing the most, though, are those ones where you roll like Godzilla through a cityscape. And you might start off as a little one meter ball and end up as a as a five kilometer colossus rolling through the ocean. Yeah. Um, I really love those stages. But the variety of game, uh, interestingly, it reminds me of uh, of What the Golf. Interesting mm. because within What the Golf, there is a level inspired by uh, Katamari Damacy that comes up with my prince at the end of the level as a reference to that. So I can see the link between What the Golf and this game as well. I think that What the Golf is actually a really good touch point for anybody that hasn't played Katamari Damacy but has played that because it, it tries to... It tries to take on the same sense of humour, I yeah. feel. They, they're both pulling from a similar well, if not the same well. Um, and there is a an, degree of zaniness um, that they both embrace. Yeah, which I also reminds me as well of WarioWare, which also yep. has that zaniness, that wackiness, but also that the style of it, the... The self-consciousness, well, slightly self-conscious, but then also not caring about it being a bit like that. Yeah. That, that is a representative of both WarioWare and this, I think, as well. It, it's self, it's aware of what it's doing yes. and it's embracing it yeah, rather than completely. It. It's not. Yeah. It's not embarrassed yeah. at being bombastic and, and loud and colourful. And that extends as well, interestingly, to the actual game itself. We looked at the, uh, the, the box art and the box art in... The, the UK version, the EU version, we've got with us now. It's like this, this front cover. It, it's two two of the princes around a ball. Well, a prince and a cousin. Prince and cousin. cousin. And it's all done with wax crayons. Yeah. And the fact that that was what they decided to go with with the box art is is bizarre. Uh, well, to me anyway. And then the, the North American one is this picture of a house which looks like it's been done in paint or something. And the, the fact that that is what they put on the box as well for, for either territory is... Bonkers. To you it is, and yeah. actually to me, this the whole aesthetic of the game, including those um, simplified, sim- childlike artworks, um, they were the they were the siren calling to me. They were the right. things that uh, appealed to me because I we've talked about big boy games so many times, and you know your Metal Gear Solid threes. I I brought during the first half uh, during the during the 
interlude, I've actually brought down my collection of PlayStation 2 games for Chris to look at. And this definitely stands out as a as a a slight oddity because you do have Metal Gear Solid 3 in there and you do have Onimusha and you do have all of these Dynasty Warriors. You have all of these games that are, are sort of the adolescent boy's version of what an adult man is. And I'm not saying that the games are necessarily bad, although, you know, Metal Gear, I do have an issue with, uh, but they, they certainly aren't fun all of the time as far as I'm concerned. Um, this was pure... To me, it looked like and and is pure fun. Like it's somebody who sat down and gone, fun is what I want to design. How do I make every single aspect of this about the fun? Yeah. No, nobody's trying to, nobody's trying to impress anybody in terms of I'm a big boy now. All, all they're trying to do is say we're going to have some fun right now, and and that is kind of where I. I'm glad I landed. I'm glad mm. that I'm not hung up on the next Metal Gear Solid game that comes out that I don't care about. Actually, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not there. I'm glad I'm. I'm glad. You know, like if if you put down PUBG in front of me compared to Fortnite, I'm glad that I kind of prefer the the aesthetics of Fortnite. I I think there's a more fun in the those aesthetics than there are in the browns and the greys of of a PUBG. I I think that for me, Katamari Damacy is is like a it's a crystallization of that notion that I've been going on about for 160 odd episodes of, <laughs> of the anti big boy game. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's a game that is as deep as you want it to be. It has strategy and it has tactics and it has, um, it has skill all built baked into it, but all of them pale into comparison to the real point, which is to have some fun, have fun, a game that's all about fun. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, again, this is one of those things that I'm kind of thinking through as we talk, but I think that is a, a big part of why I kind of was drawn to it in the first yeah. place and why I like it now. And my point is, I think I find it remarkable that that was what they went with. I can really get why they went with that, but the yeah. fact that that was the box art, you know, you think about in, in the shelving on, yeah. on game or game station or wherever, the fact that that was what they went for, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a statement. It is. A it's a massive statement, and it's it is it's the punk, <laughs> it's the punk game of two thousand and five. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's anti-establishment because the establishment was your Konami's Metal Gears and yeah. so on. It it was this landscape of of drab adult, but not really adult, poorly told oftentimes storyline. Well, two thousand and five was Metal Gear Solid three. That was, that came out. Was last, it really? It came out oh, um, well, there you like go. March, April, two thousand and five. Because mm. I, I got that. That was during my first year of uni, towards the end of that, and that's when that came out. And I, I got that and bounced off it hard. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Um, see, the, this this is exactly the same thing that scuppered the GameCube, or one of the things that scuppered the GameCube, and the thing that everybody maligned. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker for the like the childishness mm. of the graphics and that games were for big boys now and Wind Waker was brave enough on Nintendo to their credit as a big AAA house they were brave enough to tread that tread that line and I think Katamari Damacy was even braver because it's it doesn't have Nintendo's backing it has Namco who are big enough but they're not big and Kita Takahashi um has continued to tread that line he followed this game or this series up with Nobi Nobi Boy on the 
PlayStation 3, Nobi Nobi Boy is about a big, long, stretchy boy. It has a very similar, so the meadow that we were um, in, that serves as the menu for yeah. this game, it has a similar sort of feel to that, where you are this stretchy long boy who um, who can get, who can stretch further and further. And the more you stretch, the more you add to this communal stretching across the universe. So you are Nobi Nobi Boy and you're stretching in your own little world. And um, around the world, there's lots of other Nobi Nobi Boys all stretching. And over the course of the game, the intent, the, the purpose was to stretch co- communally, to stretch long enough to reach uh, Nobi Nobi Boy's love. Right. Who was at the other end of the universe. So you just kept having to stretch and stretch and stretch until together as a community you got to the to 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 have a kiss charming yeah it's weird um do you know the play date so the play date is a little um handheld that's released fairly recently last couple of years and when it was announced it was it was kind of like well that's a bit strange um it's a little yellow box and on the side it's got a crank and you it's the the only input that you have i think if i remember correctly um, you might have some buttons for navigation. You might be able to use those for the games. But the 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 remit for getting a game onto the playdate is that it makes use of the crank. Okay. So the crank moves forwards and the crank moves back. So at clockwise and anti-clockwise. And people were tasked with making games using that as an input. Right. Keith Takashi has done a game for that. It's called Cranking Through Time, I think. Right. And um, the idea is that I can't remember the story, and this is off the top of my head, so I'm probably going to get it wrong, but you move a character through a set path through time, and you have to solve puzzles or you have to interact with the game by moving him forward and back through this timeline. Wow. Um, And doing that... It kind of makes me think of, and I've probably got it completely wrong, but it kind of makes me think of Braid and the way that you solve mm-hmm. puzzles in that by moving forward and backwards in time and timing things certain ways to to make other things happen in a different way to the way that they were happening before. Um, it, it kind of puts me in mind of that. I haven't had the chance to play with a play date, although I know that someone that I know has got one, mm. so um, that might might actually happen. The Playdate's an interesting concept anyway. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It's a subscription-based thing. So you subscribe to seasons of games, and then they commission, using the subscriptions, they commission different game designers, right. game creators, to create something for the Playdate hmm. specifically. So you might have season one of, I don't know how many games it is, but you might. Have, I think Cranking Through Time was in season one. Um and you might, alongside that, have a, a bunch of other games, let's say five other games that you get for this subscription yeah. cost. Um, and they all make use of the crank. That is one of the prime things that you have to do. If you're going to make a game, you have to use a crank. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting experiment mm. in what gameplay can be and what inputs can be. So, yeah, um, the play date. His most recent game was only, really, uh, only announced a couple of days ago, uh, Keith Takashi. Well, a couple of days ago. At the time of recording. At the time of recording. Uh, it's called To A Tea. And it's about a, a young boy who is stuck in the tea pose. You know, like, um, for anyone that's not familiar with a tea pose, a tea pose is the pose that when you're making clothing, say, for a model that's going to be in a game, you would always make it in this standard pose that that has um, the character's arms out to the, to the sides, uh, straight out to the sides, 90 degrees 
at their uh, to their body. Don't know why that pose supposed to any other pose. I think it's so that you can. It's it's just a standardized thing so that you can get the clothing to hang correctly. Like a oh, ninety degree a ninety degree angle is easier to um, design something to than say a sixty degree angle. Yeah, it's all straight lines mm. and perpendicular. Um, so yeah, it's it's a boy who's stuck in a T pose and he goes through this world. And there are puzzles relating to him being in this T-post. So presumably he's going to have to squeeze through certain gaps yep. and such. Again, that's very wacky. What the golf, that kind of, yeah. all that kind of stuff together. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that's uh, that's Takahashi and what he went on to do. Mm. What about the actual Katamari Damacy, the series itself? Well, yeah, this is where things, I mean, things do take a bit of a dive, I think, um, following this. Because this is the second and only game that Kita Takahashi was involved in as nice uh, and as i said in this first half um it was he, his arm was twisted mm. and i don't think that there was any potential for them to twist his arm any further and he wasn't involved as far as i know he's not been involved in this series ever since it hasn't stopped games coming out for uh in the series you've had um, me and my katamari i think was the third game which i got on the Xbox 360, and that was also, I think, the first multi-platform game because there was, I th- I might be misremembering this slightly, so apologies, but um, there was one that went on the PS Vita, um, and I can't remember what that was called. But then there was the 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 next one was the next mainline game was the one on the Xbox 360. It was also available on PlayStation, so it was the first multi-platform entry. Right, they've put it out on mobile platforms, but it it has been really slammed. On that, like the control scheme's mm. just not been very good, as you can imagine. Yeah. This game is one that lives and dies by its control scheme. Completely. The most recent entries have been these remasters. So Katamari Damacy Reroll was released a few years ago to Switch and other platforms, every platform basically. It was the first time that game was made multi-platform. From what I've heard, I do own it, and it was interesting playing it today, uh, playing a version of Katamari Damacy on the PlayStation 2, an original version. Because I had heard that the controls for the re-roll versions were not the same ones as the old games. Right. That actually they'd done something to change the feel of the controls. And that 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 was to its detriment. And whilst I do remember enjoying Katamari Damacy re-roll, I do also remember thinking this doesn't feel as good as it used to. So what they've done to it's changing. No idea. And I wasn't I wasn't sort of buying into that notion i was thinking well maybe people are just you know making us think about nothing yeah but actually playing it today playing wheel of katamari today i do think there is a feel a a difference in feel right and i do think that there is something different about the controls maybe i'm wrong maybe everybody else is wrong but it definitely felt more fluid and i definitely felt more more at home with the playstation 2 um version than i have with the um re-roll version on switch so i don't know what's going on there no. but there is something so are you recommending people get re-roll or i don't know i haven't played wheel of katamari re-roll that's the one that's recently released um i would still recommend it because i still remember having some fun with it i still think that it's got the quirk that um and and the the game is still the game that yep. it's always been it's not broken to the point if it is broken at all it's not broken to the point that anyone that is new to the series is going to go Ugh. 
I think it's people that have played the originals are going to be more sort of inclined to feel it is a bit off. Okay. But if you don't have that touch point, then you're not going to feel the offness of it. No. And therefore, yes, I would recommend anyone play either of these games. And I imagine they're probably ones that are like 20, 15, 10 pounds. Um, I think at least... At the moment, I think that you can get the original Katamari Damacy re-roll, you can get that for very cheap um, when on sale. The newer one, because it's only been out a couple of months, it's hovering between 20 and 30 most okay. of the time. So I would say, um, I still think it's worth it. I still think that if it if it's even a little bit close to the original that we've just played, I still think that it's worth people buying yeah. for that money. So, so basically, there's options. There are some there are some choices. Lots yeah. of options. Yep. Cool. Well, there we go. Thank you very much for bringing that to Ashley, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed Remedy Durance on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and like, share, subscribe, rate, and review, please. Yes, please. Thank you for sticking to the end again, and we will see you next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.